Hello, and welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. With my co-host Morgan, who is feeling. Oh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> And welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. With my co-host, Morgan. And my co-host, Christine. Welcome, everybody, to episode 50 of Foss and Crafts. Episode 50! I mean, technically it's the 51st episode because our first episode was episode 0. Yes, but it's a the number that if you were doing like array indexing in a zero indexed array, then then it would be it would be the one that you put in for fifty. It's exciting. Episode zero, actually, I think it was a pretty legit episode, but it was like the 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 you know we're just it was an episode about the podcast as a whole, as opposed to a standalone episode. So we wanted to have more episodes out last month and we didn't get as much out as we wanted for two main reasons one we alluded in the last episode that i was sick and then that just lasted for over a month but you're you're in a lot better state than you were right Yeah, so i'm feeling better now Uh, don't worry i'm not i don't have covid and i'm not dying or anything it just was a long month and we didn't want to like rush out something that was just kind of trivial for the episode 50 because that's like an exciting number right yeah so the exciting thing that we're doing for this episode is related to the other reason that we didn't get as many episodes out last month which is the sprightly institute is launching in a major public way hooray so if you've listened to i think there's two other episodes of the podcast that were about sprightly And other episodes about Sprightly, yes. You will know that Sprightly has been a project that Christine has been working on for years at this point. Basically since the end of ActivityPub, about three months after ActivityPub reached W3C recommendation status. I actually looked this up very recently. Basically that's when I started the first few lines of code in what would be Sprightly Goblins. So we talked about the technical structure of the Sprightly project in a previous episode, which we will link in the show notes. But do you want to give a very brief summary of that technical structure? Sure. So really at the lowest layer is the very, very nerdy techie stuff, which is basically it's a object capability security based distributed object system. So Those words might not mean much to a bunch of people. Some of our audience certainly is very excited about those terms. But really what that means is is that you are able to do distributed programming where the style of programming you do naturally scales out to -to peer-to-peer networks in a way that's safe, even when the network itself has a bunch of unsafe entities on it. And that's the lowest layer. And then, you know, we have layers on top of that that we're building that are, you know, moving all the way up to the top which is like basically the very applications that humans are going to use where most of the you know people every day aren't going to need to actually understand how all those pieces work on the bottom. But it's essential to have a really good foundation so that building those types of things is ni- nice and natural. And yeah, you can listen to the previous episodes and we'll also link to the, if you want to get into the technical details, 
There is some technical details sections on the Sprightly Institute website, including some videos of me talking about it and some papers and so on and so on and so on. Yeah. Let's talk about what the Sprightly project has been so far. Just a quick recap. Right. So most of the people listening to this podcast probably know I was a co-author of a web standard named ActivityPub, which is currently what's used by quite a few decentralized social web uh, sites for them to talk to each other. It's that protocol used by Mastodon, Pluruma, PeerTube, just a, a whole bunch of things, right? Now there's also ForgeFed, Forge Fed and etc. But basically, Sprightly started as a research project to try to look at the stuff that we basically couldn't do, right? That's where how it started individually with me for, you know, making things more resilient, um, adding more privacy and security features, and kind of this broad range of things that I kind of felt dissatisfied that we didn't really have an answer about how to do. And as a research project, that was kind of an umbrella research project for Christine that started off solo, right? It's... For most of the Sprightly Project's history, it's been Christine doing research alone. Well, the, most of the early part, and, and it, it wasn't fully alone because one of the things that happened very early on is I started talking to a bunch of researchers, mm-hmm. right? So I started to get to know people in, you know, the object capability security community, the actor model community, the kind of list research communities and stuff like that, and kind of gathering information on how the design should be. So it wasn't fully solo, but I was the main developer for about two to three of the, the years, I think, of the project. And eventually that changed. So initially, the there wasn't even a website or anything for Sprightly. And then I think it was actually on this podcast that we had that episode where you were like, Christine, get in the DM car. And yes. we, <laughs> we reco- when Christine was too stressed out to record the episode. So I pushed Christine in the car and drove and she had no choice. But the talk but to about- talk about Sprightly. <laughs> that sounds really sinister. It was a very thoughtful move on Morgan's part to get me unstuck. Um, but it, but yeah, we will link that episode in the show notes, but that's basically previously there were just a bunch of, you know, Git repositories up on the GitLab, you know, kind of collection I had made. And I wasn't really talking about them that much. Like if you followed me on social media, you probably knew a thing or two, but I was intentionally not making a big deal until I was kind of confident that things were good enough. And then on this very podcast on that episode is like where like, basically I was like, okay, we have enough. Let's announce it, and let's also push out this website like with kind of a public presence. Mm-hmm. There has been some sprightly community things as well, right? Yeah, it's not just been all me. There have been a number of different community developers. And also, significantly, there were a few grants that funded me early on, and then eventually that funded you know other people, mostly Jessica Talon, right? Mm-hmm. So Jessica has spent almost, like I think it's about, it's either between nine months and a year, I think it's getting closer to a year, working on... Sprightly by doing, you know, various other pieces of research on the chat system, on the identity system, and on kind of building example applications. So it's no longer just me. And we had an episode where we talked about that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So how does this Sprightly project, which has been going on for several years, differ from the Sprightly Networked Communities Institute? That's right. That's the full name, Sprightly Network Communities Institute. Which we are going to shorten to Sprightly Institute for brevity. That's right. So about a year and a half ago, I think, I started talking with the my co-founder, Randy Farmer, about, you know, okay, let's do this as a serious organization. Are we both interested in doing that? So Randy and I started talking. Um, Randy's a co-founder, the executive director. 
about founding this as a nonprofit. In fact, Randy said, I don't want to do this unless if it's all open source and a nonprofit. And I'm like, great, that's aligns exactly with what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So the Sprightly Network Communities Institute is broadly about empowering individuals and communities on networks. And it is using as the kind of launch technology, the sprightly tech that I've been developing over the last many years, and also with other people, you know, with the the researchers I've been talking to and the and Jessica Talon and et cetera. But by moving this towards being an institute, the goal was to be not just a scrappy little project anymore, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, Randy said, if I'm gonna be involved in this, we're not gonna do it as a scrappy project anymore. We're gonna we're gonna make this serious, right? Yeah. Um Which is also why your sprightly project code base is a launching point but it's not the sprightly institute that's right so there's there's a lot more other things that we're going to be doing inside of the institute i think that launch technology will be at the root of like most things that we're doing right and it at least informs everything that we do but yes it's the the goal of turning this into an institute is because it's not enough to just have you know like two scrappy underpaid free and open source software developers, like just trying to trying to struggle through getting this massive project, which we've done a lot, like, but the, the, the scope of Sprightly is really to deliver a gatekeeper free experience to individuals and communities on the internet that is empowering, that's peer to peer, that supports strong privacy features, that is safe to use, that is, you know, resilient against abuse and etc. And it involves committing to this as a very serious effort, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sprightly Institute has existed for several months at this point. What makes this launch significant? Right. So we were kind of in quiet mode for quite a while. We got 501c3 status, which is a tax-exempt charity status in the United States, and it's actually pretty unusual for free and open source software based institutions to get 501c3 status that quickly. Like if you've listened to Freeism and Freedom and stuff like that, you might have heard about like, you know, for a while there, there's been, uh, this is getting kind of sidetracked, but there's just for various reasons, it's it, it takes a lot to actually demonstrate that you are um, very seriously an institution that is doing something in the public good, just being free and open source software isn't usually enough to quite throw you over the threshold. You have to also demonstrate how you're doing stuff in the public interest and public good. And we have a pretty strong public good, public interest mission, which is about empowering individuals and communities on the internet, right? With the free and open source software technology. Everything we're going to be doing at the Sprayly Institute is free and open source software, right? Mm-hmm. We've made a commitment to that. So the organization existed and we've had a board for a bit. And we'll talk about that later. Up until this point, it's been kind of infrastructure bootstrapping at the organization. Mm-hmm. And the big piece of news now is we just announced that we have our first kind of major chunk of funding for the Sprightly Institute. So the Filecoin Foundation for the Decentralized Web has committed to three years of funding for the Sprightly Institute. And that will greatly enhance your ability to expand the number of programmers and the infrastructure for this. That's right. Overall. And as part of that, they're joining in because we believe and they believe that this is not going to just just be the Filecoin Foundation for the decentralized web, right? We're working to get other funding uh, sponsors on board. Uh, We already 
kind of have some with, you know, some existing relationships. I'm not going to go into that in this episode. What's more important is that we have strong technical partnerships. And it's it's not just going to be one institution funding this. And both we and they believe this is important because this is not just, you know, pushing forward the needs of one organization, but the Filecoin Foundation for the Decentralized Web is actually a very powerfully aligned organization. The name might actually make it sound like it's particularly blockchain-y, but there's actually a separate organization called the Filecoin Foundation that's about Filecoin. Mm -hmm. The Filecoin Foundation for the Decentralized Web is a related organization that is funding the decentralized web in general. And so Sprightly doesn't specifically have anything to do with blockchains. I mean, you can interrupt with blockchains on it. It's not our goal or focus. But the purpose of Sprightly is to do these broader, you know, individual and uh, network community promoting stuff. And since the Filecoin Foundation for the Decentralized Web has it as their mission, you know, to advance the decentralized networking in general, there's strong amounts of alignment there. Yeah. And just to reiterate, that means that the Sprightly Institute is not in any particular way associated with blockchain or with cryptocurrency. There's just common goals. So that's right. There's nothing specifically blockchain or cryptocurrency based in Sprightly. You know, if you want to, you can hook it up to those things. Those are not the core components of Sprightly, but there's strong organizational alignment. So in the ramp up stage of the organization, you've had a pretty small staff for the Sprightly Institute. Do you want to talk about who's been doing what at this point and what you're looking at in the near future? Yes. Well, I mean, when you're in the early stages of an organization, Randy Farmer and I have been the two official people listed as having, you know, in organization, you know, quote unquote, staff positions, right? But um, until there was funding, right, we're also not being paid, right? So we spent, Mm -hmm. you know, a while not being paid by the Sprightly Institute, because there wasn't, you know, funding to be paid for, right? We were setting up infrastructure. But Randy's the executive director. I'm the CTO. Mm -hmm. I guess we probably should have said that earlier in the episode. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so I'm the CTO of the Sprightly Institute. We're spending a lot of time in this episode talking about the Sprightly Institute from my perspective, because... That's kind of how the the show has been talking about Sprightly. But Randy Farmer being the executive director is very significant in that Randy's been actually working on this kind of stuff all the way going back to the mid-80s. You can see that. So Lucasfilm's Habitat, which was the first ever virtual world system, ran on the Commodore 64 of all things. Randy was co-founder of that and has basically been doing these things ever since then. And actually the way that Randy and I got spe- got talking to each other was because the research that I did directly drew on uh, the work from an organization he worked in previously, Electric Communities, which did object capability security. It was basically used object capability security foundations in order to be able to build a decentralized social networking system. Yeah, and we're planning a separate episode later that will be Christine and Randy sitting down together to talk in more detail. Mm-hmm. about their backgrounds and how it led up to the Sprightly Institute. And Jessica Tallon has been working for a, a grant with an LNET that has been, you know, outside of the Sprightly Institute. But as the organization is spinning up, basically, it's really me, Randy, and Jessica, who are the three core internal people who are kind of kicking things off, right? And then you've also got a great board that has been very helpful with setting up the organization as well, right? That's right. So... 
we're still in the early stages of the board. So, you know, the board's going to be expanding, etc. And, you know, things are going to be moving around. But Randy and I are both on the board, but we're also um, joined by Karen Sandler, who certainly some of our audience knows who that is. And uh, Alex Handy, who you also might know that, I mean, all of our board members are awesome. And, and Libby Reinish, who's also awesome, right? Um, aside from Randy and myself, we've got three awesome board members kicking off the organization. And Libby's here to help us bootstrap the organization. And we're going to be growing the board and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm already really excited with the incredible group of people that we're, we're kicking things off on on, on governance. It's a, people, a group of people who care about governance and getting free and open source software right. Mm-hmm. And now that you have funding, you're looking to expand the staff for the Sprightly Institute as well, right? That's right. So we're going to be hiring people. So actually, if you're listening to this episode and you are excited about the work that Sprightly is doing, check out our job page, which we will link in the show notes. Um, you could apply to work with me, right? Um, and that would be pretty exciting. And they will be um, jobs where you can get paid to work on free and open source software. That has a important social impact, right? And also is just really cool and interesting technology. Not that we're biased or anything. Right. So we've already discussed that the Sprightly Institute already has nonprofit status and funding and that it will continue to be committed to using and producing free and open source software. But how does that play off with the previous structure and the handoff between the Sprightly Project and the Sprightly Institute. Right. So the Sprightly Project was basically the name when it was, you know, very early research stage before the Institute appeared. And the Sprightly Project's stuff is basically being absorbed into the Sprightly Institute. That's all great. And that's really exciting, right? That, that means that we have a real steward and home, you know, in the way that as projects often grow, you often want to pull in. So the kind of weird thing, it's great that we have this actual institution now, right? But when Sprightly stuff started, it started with me kind of going, this feels very experimental, right? And so it really kind of was much more structured around me. And then, you know, I had the Patreon, which was, you know, the Patreon for Foss and Crafts was originally the pristine Patreon, right? Mm -hmm. And then we decided to make it about this and supporting Sprightly, right, as we're kind of transitioning with things. And we would say, you know, if you want to support Sprightly, the right way to do it is to donate to the Foss and Crafts Patreon. Mm-hmm. So Foss and Crafts has actually played a really important role in that way. But now we've reached a point where it's important to have an external, you know, significant institution. If you're a listener of this show and you have been for a long time, a lot of our like listener base has been a lot of the initial supporting structure. Mm-hmm. Of this work. Which we appreciate and we thank you for. Yeah. And that kind of also leads to the question of, you know, what happens now, right? Yeah. So the Foss and Crafts Patreon will continue to exist, largely because that Patreon also allows us to produce this podcast. It's basically one of my part-time jobs is to produce this podcast at a hopefully decent quality for our listeners also run the yeah the hack and craft community events and also it supports other free and open source software projects that christine and i are involved in and facilitates us participating in those for things that are not necessarily sprightly related at all yeah 
so in the so in some ways this episode's also kind of a handoff from from like this show and like the kind of like nebulous space of like christine project stuff and like this podcast and stuff like that towards like you know this is it's not only the sprightly project handing its stuff over the sprightly institute it's also like this podcast handing it over there and saying Mm -hmm. that this is you know bigger than this thing at this point right yeah which obviously we're still going to talk about some of those things on this show and stuff like that because that's what like because try and stop you from talking try and stop me you won't be able to do it right there's another thing that we want to say though which is that if you were donating to this podcast specifically to support sprightly and you want to move things over to donating to the sprightly institute we'll have the donate link in there you can do that. And in fact, we encourage you to donate to the Sprightly Institute regardless. But and by in there, you mean in the show notes? In the show notes, which I'm not being very clear about. So we won't take offense if you do that. But, you know, also if you value this as a podcast in itself, and you want to support the podcast and the other things we do, and you want to have your name in things like Terminal Phase, which still is an external thing from Sprightly, even though we use it to demonstrate it. And have your name read at the end of an episode. Those options will still remain there. And we are, as always, very appreciative of that. I'm very appreciative still of you for doing all the work that you do. Like, seriously, people who listen to the show, you know how we didn't have an episode for the last month? Why do you think that is? Who do you think makes this show actually happen? It's Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. I mean, if you listen to- You're welcome. Morgan could not wear headphones for the last month and therefore could not edit a podcast. If you listen to the last episode and like the very silly 10 minutes that came before it, you will realize, thank goodness that we have Morgan- Making this episode, this show, a much more sensible thing than it is. Thank you, Morgan. You're welcome. A- anyway, so yes, as we grow as a nonprofit, also we, though, member growing our donor base and stuff like that at the Sprightly Institute, I should say, putting my Sprightly Institute CTO hat again. Yeah, right? you've got uh, you've got multiple we's because I know. you're part of the Foss and Craft Studios we as well. I know, right? And and part of this, I know, I'm making it more complicated. This, I'm trying to make it less complicated. Who do you think this is? Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that that is something that, you know, like in order to be a 501c3 nonprofit in the U.S., you actually have to demonstrate public support. Mm -hmm. So more of our work on kind of growing that and like getting a donor base and stuff like that from, you know, the the general public and stuff like that is stuff we're going to be doing later. But yeah. So link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. The Patreon will still be there if you want to support the show. Speaking of which, we have a new Patreon supporter. In the supporter tier. Thank you to Marty McGuire. And there's one more thing to say. Mm-hmm. Which is, last few episodes, we've been saying, hey, there's going to be this scheme workshop thing, blah, blah, blah. So that happened. For the month of July... We did our two hack and craft sessions as somewhat more of a user group where Christine led a workshop on intro to scheme. Mm -hmm. And actually that one's kind of also in some ways has this kind of handoff and kind of intermixing quality to it, which won't be as much intermixing of things going forward as the Sprightly Institute grows forward. I mean, as said, you won't be able to stop me talking about Sprightly on here, but that was actually using the scheme primer that the Sprightly Institute published, right? That I co that, yeah, that, well, that, that you authored, authored for the Sprightly, the Sprightly Institute. Institute, yes. Right. We've gotten really good feedback on that. We have almost a thousand views. I don't think I told you that. Of, oh, wow. Yeah, of, I didn't of know it. that. Yeah. So I'm going to admit, I, I decided to 
partly for my own amusement. I put like the the ASCII art of the wizard from like the SICP wizard with like the eval apply little symbol and stuff like that on there. Then I also put my I, I gave in to the pressures of engagement and put my my face on there. It didn't make the surprised YouTube face, but I did put my face on there. And I gave it a catchy title. I don't think it's a clickbaity title. I think it is catchy. It is a, I think it says, I'm not looking at it right now. I think it says, unlock the magic of list slash scheme from beginner to scheme and scheme in one hour, which is true. That's like a completely good description of that thing. But I like, it's it's more of like a like, ooh, catchy version of things than the that scheme is primer. way too nerdy to be clickbait though. It is too nerdy. Thank you. <laughs> makes me feel better i was feeling self-conscious there it's, it's like maybe clickbait for like a very very specific audience which probably has a very large overlap with the audience of our podcast but and also i wasn't making the shocked youtube face i was making a thinking face with a pen jammed into the side of my face very different this is a different thing right yes okay anyway You're very original and unique thank you i appreciate that so very original very unique very professional cto of the sprightly institute anyway getting to wrap up point is there anything else to say no we said all of the things we just need to actually wrap up so right before we release this episode we just wanted to clarify something we used the word launch several times in this which was the planned messaging for the sprightly announcement but one of the things that we realized before we got the announcement out there is that that might be a little bit unclear for two reasons. A, the Sprightly Institute has been a legal organization for most of 2022. And it's just been a, like, quietly of existing organization. Quiet, soft launch organization, yeah, up until this point. Mm-hmm. And the other one is is that sometimes launch makes it sound like you're about to launch a stable product. It was probably pretty clear throughout the episode what we meant, but we just figured we'd f- clarify the language right here. All right, thank you, everybody. Thanks, bye. Foss and Crafts is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. It's hosted by Morgan Lemmerweber and Christine Lemmerweber. The intro music is composed by Christine Lemmerweber, meaning myself, in Milky Tracker, and is released under the same license as the show. The outro music is Enchanted Tiki 86, composed by Alex Smith of The Cynic Project, and is waved into the public domain under CC0 1.0. See cynicmusic.com for more information. You can get in contact with us on the Fediverse, Foss and Crafts, at octodon.social, on Twitter as at Foss and Crafts, or you can email us, podcast at fossandcrafts.org. We also have a chat room. Join our community on hash Foss and Crafts on irc.libera.chat. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash Foss and Crafts. That's it for this week. Until next time, stay free. And stay crafty. Well, since we're already derailed, can you please stop playing with your hair? I'm very nervous. I get nervous about the episodes that feel really important. As you know, know. this episode feels really important. It's great. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. This is going to be great. Everybody's going to be really excited to listen to this episode.
Calm down, Christine. Your curls will be fine once you wash them again. Right now? <laughs> kind of kind of frizzy. Right now you kind of frizzed them. <laughs> you know, Miss Frizzle is great. I'm just playing after Miss Frizzle, who You're, we all love. You are, in fact, wearing a Miss Frizzle skirt. <sighs> I am. There's tiny scientist ladies all over it. Um, I think we have that picture on the episode about the, the sewing thing, right? We have yes. the picture of the skirt? Yeah, it's that skirt. 